You're listening to NASA in Silicon Valley, episode 20. Today we're chatting with Kai Goebel, the tech area lead for Discovery and Systems Health. We talk about NASA technology and how it drives exploration, particularly how computer science and engineering work together to solve complicated problems in harsh conditions. We cover his work creating health systems for aeronautics and how that led him into working on autonomous robotics. Here is Kai Goebel. What brought you to Silicon Valley? What brought you to NASA? How did you show up? It's actually family. Okay. Uh, my wife was was born here in the in the area. I worked for GE, uh, corporate research in upstate New York, and we spent there almost ten years. And after ten years, my wife said, "You know, <laughs> She's, that's that's it with the I'm winters. You know, I, I find, think... find yourself a job back on the West Coast." <laughs> my wife had a we had a similar conversation. Where right. It was like we're done with humidity and done with winter. <laughs> okay, let's go to the land of perfect weather. Exactly. In fact, I think we make several comments and references in the podcast about the weather being about how awesome the weather is here. Yeah, it's a, it's a common thing. So, like. Were you always interested in like robotics or NASA type stuff, like when you were a kid, or was it? Or how did you end up even like going to school? You know, tell us about that. I've always been in, interested in technology and okay. and, and and tinkering, okay. and uh, I've grown more and more fond of it as I've gotten older. The thing that really interested me was to figure out when do things break or how do they break. Okay. And, and I made a career of that. <laughs> so uh, that's how I got into the field of, of diagnostics, which is really, you know, how do you determine that something doesn't mm -hmm. work? And, and later, prognostics. That's what I've been doing here, really, is, is to determine at what time will it break. Oh, really? And, okay. Um, and, and that, it turns out, is a uh, super interesting characteristic to have in autonomy also. Okay. Um, where you want to know at any given time, um, how am I doing? Yeah. Right. So, so that, that is, that is a, an area that I've been very involved with uh, here at, at Ames for, for the last 10 years. So is that like an engineering background or? I have an engineering background. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm a mechanical engineer. My first job, I got hired as a computer scientist, so, so that was a little awkward. Um, yeah, but, relevant, but still. But yeah, well, it, it turns out that as a mechanical engineer, you have a lot to teach. Okay. Um, and you, you, you are really rooted in what is possible. And for a company like, like GE, that, that was uh, quite relevant. Right? Yeah. Um, it is also quite relevant for, for NASA. And, and so um, I, I think nowadays there really isn't sort of the pure computer scientist or the, or the pure engineer anyway. You always have to, you have to know a little bit of both. Yeah, you have to know uh, a lot of <laughs> <laughs> a little a lot and, of and, that's well, cute and, 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 and more right it's 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 beyond just engineering i mean you have you have to also be in social sciences and all that kind of stuff which uh, we don't get taught typically in, in engineering school okay but but that is that is important too is to to really understand um, how do you put in social values into engineering systems okay interesting oh, cool so then you're at ge in new york you came out here, out to the Bay Area to start working at NASA Ames. Did you just see an advertisement? Was there some connection, or you just went in cold? Like, how how did how did that actually happen? 
Well, you let your network know that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that uh, that there's an interest in in moving out and, and and that's essentially how it happened. And then how long have you been here? Ten years almost. Yeah, about ten Actually, years. a little more than ten years. Now. When you first came over, was it? Did you start off doing more computer sciencey kind of stuff, or was it straight in with the engineers and you start you arrived in and started like tinkering and building things? How did aims? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was beautiful. So I, I show up and yeah. uh, I ask my, my boss, so what do you want me to do? <laughs> and he asks, well, what do you want to do? <laughs> yes. And I thought, wow, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up building a, a lab uh, um, um, which centered around this prognostic capability, which which okay. uh, at that time was, was really groundbreaking. And, and we... Uh, we hired ten people and 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 really had a lot of fun in start in, building a team and pulling yeah, people together, yeah. start making Build, stuff, building a lab, you know, showing people what we could do, and and uh, that was really awesome. Wow! So, was there any like big projects that people would recognize or, or something? Uh, I'm guessing it was probably during the shuttle period or, or something, or was there some science? It's yes, it was still the shuttle was still around. Okay. Um, most of our funding really came from aeronautics. Oh wow! Which okay, which allows and has been a lot us uh, mostly to do um, more foundational kind of work right okay. as opposed to the really applied work and uh, since since this was a, a really a, a new capability a new technology a, a lot had to be built up from the ground and, okay. and aer aeronautics you know that that was the the area that uh, allowed us to do that what, so Within aeronautics, is like doing more more research, or others do the research, and then you figure out, okay, let's see if we can make this idea work. Is that what no, you're doing it, on the engineering side? No, it was really the, the, the research in, in aeronautics. Right? Okay. So the, there was a project uh, back then called the Integrated Vehicle Health Management Project, and it uh, dealt with um, how do you determine, well, the, the well-being of a vehicle, in this case, an, an aircraft. Right? Okay. So, so you want to know... Is your engine fun functioning? Yeah. Right? And if not, you know, the, you, the you check light engine that. comes on yeah. on or, the airplane, right? right. Well, <laughs> sort of like that. Sort of like that. Or is, is your landing gear okay? Right? Okay. Is, is your is your fuel pump okay? Um, is your navigation system doing well? So you're building the system that helps. Yeah, check to the health and safety of your aircraft. Precisely. Um, and uh, there, there's a lot of there was a lot of interest in that, um, mm -hmm. and uh, we. Um, we had a lot of fun in, in really examining a, a lot of these aspects. We built a lab, and in that lab, we tried to break stuff, right? Okay. So, so we were aging it, we were beating on it, we, we were heating it, we, 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 <laughs> we, we you know, uh, zapped it. and Do whatever you could. Yeah, yeah. And, and then we, um, we designed algorithms. We, okay. we, we, we built models off of the system we, that tried to explain here's how, it, how it's working and then how mm -hmm. it's behaving when, uh, when it's uh, under stress. And, and then we tried to say, okay, you know, if, um, if that thing now is under stress, okay. can I then predict at what point? At what point is it going to break? It's going to break. Right? Okay. And, and so we used it in the lab, right? So, so we ran these algorithms on the various um, things that we were trying to break in the, in the lab. <laughs> and then you figure out why it broke and how at different points in time. Yeah, yeah. So the exciting thing is, is to, to be able to determine, you know, it, it happens in half an hour. Mm -hmm. And then in half an hour, it actually pops. Right? Okay. So, so that's that's super exciting. Now, for for a more practical example, we applied that to to batteries on a on a UAV, 
on a uh, okay. uh, uninhabited uh, air vehicle. When you're flying that and, and it runs off batteries, uh, you want to know at what point does it run out of batteries. And it seems sort of obvious when you're like, yeah, oh, okay, of course, yeah, you're flying you're, it. You want to know when the batteries are going to yeah, run out. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, and, but you have a AA battery or something like yeah. that, right? And, and you know, well, you know, that much capacity and, and you know, in, in 20 minutes it should run out of uh, auto okay. juice. Turns out that there, there are a lot of elements in operations that induce variability that okay. are hidden from, from the operator. And so if, if you're flying the thing and suddenly after 10 minutes the propeller stops, yeah. and that's, that's not a very desired uh, thing not to happen. Today, right? It's not because, a good outcome. And, and that is precisely what happened with uh, some of, of our colleagues. Um, <laughs> and the, the aircraft came down and had a, you know, a rough landing, in quotation <laughs> yes, marks. It's having a bad day. And since it's NASA, you know, there's a safety investigation and all that. And, and so they, they, okay. uh, those colleagues came to us and said, hey, can you, can you help us out with, with that prognostic uh, thing? understand. Yeah. And so we, uh, we integrated the algorithms onto the aircraft, and uh, it determines in real time how much time do you have left in, in the air, mm -hmm. and then communicates that down to, to the pilot. Oh, wow. And then gives uh, the, the pilot a two-minute two minute warning. <laughs> says, okay, you know, because the pilot Now's said, the okay, time. I need about two minutes to, to turn around, uh, come back to the landing strip, and, and if I can't do that, you know, it gives me time to do another go around. And, and, and okay. And, uh, you know, we've done 75 uh, flights now, and, and, wow. and the flight director has so much confidence in, in, in the algorithm that uh, he says, okay, you can rely on, on that thing. You know you, know, you don't have to have that super safety margin anymore. And it has bought us 50% more in the air. Um, okay. And so there's, there's some real time that we want to, to do real science. Okay, and and, and so, so one thing that I wanted to add is, is that the, the variability comes because of uh, maybe headwinds. I was going to say, right? yeah, <coughs> different factors. Exactly, you know. or, or you decide that you want to uh, fly a slightly different route or go to different mm -hmm. waypoints or, or you know, linger longer where, where you are right now. And, and that means there are different loads on the, on the batteries okay. uh, that you didn't anticipate, um, or it might be at a very different temperature. So if, if yeah. you're flying in winter, uh, it's, it's one thing, but if you're flying in uh, 100 degrees. Yeah, uh, it's hot and humid. It's and hot and, things, yeah. Things are expanding. And yeah, and in particular, and the uh, electrochemistry of a battery behaves very differently really? uh, with, with different temperatures, yeah. Okay, so in, now you're doing a lot of stuff with autonomous vehicles or, or robots for that, you know, for that word. So um, at what point did you start? Was there always an autonomous factor in some, into some of the tinkering that you were doing? Or at what point in time did you start figuring out, all right, let's, let's let this thing fly on its own or let's build an algorithm to kind of help it know how to fly or move or whatever? Well, autonomy is, is a hot topic. Yeah, especially uh, nowadays. Yeah, it has been it has been a hot topic for for NASA for a while because you know we have these things out there that mm -hmm. uh, you have to survive in hostile environments like uh, space, and, <laughs> like space, um, where it can be uh, very cold or, yeah. or 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 not. You know, if you're pointing towards the sun, it can yeah, be, uh, and all the radiation, warm. Yeah, exactly. And and so you are encountering environments that you didn't think of. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so what are you going to do then? How are you going to react? And the answer is, it depends. Or, <laughs> nice. Um, uh, you have to trade off uh, different uh, objectives. Okay. Right? So, so you have your resources. You, you want to 
maybe be careful with those and maximize those, mm -hmm. uh, maximize use of those. Uh, you want to perform some science, you know, you want to get to some destination. Um, you want to, you know, be mindful of, of safety. And, and so you have all these criteria and you have, you, you have to trade those those off. Right. Okay. So if, if you if you use more resources, well, maybe you can do less science. You or have to give or take. Like you got to figure out what's, what's your priorities. Yeah. And, and that's where autonomy comes into the play. So it, it sort of figures that out. Um, most of the traditional operations uh, at NASA have been ground-based. Like Apollo, you know, you, you call home a Houston, you know. <laughs> have a problem. Yeah. Um, and then they say, okay, wait a second, we'll figure it out, and, and then we're <laughs> going to tell you what, what to do. Yeah. Now, if, if you're at Mars, if you're at the far point, you know, you have uh, a 45-minute communication delay or something. Oh, wow. Like that, right? So if you call Houston, we've we got a problem, <laughs> right? <laughs> Stop. Then, then, then you wait enough. 45 minutes, and the answer comes, come again? You know, didn't hear you clearly? <laughs> And and so you know obviously that paradigm is not going to work really well. Yeah. And so we need to move some of the decision making uh, onto the vehicle, or you know, onto you know whatever we have the habitat or, or, or yeah. something like that. And for for certain events, uh, the decisions need to be made really quickly. Mm -hmm. And and so that needs to happen uh, on site. Yeah. And uh, when there are no humans, for example, if you if you're uh, putting some equipment on on Mars, you know, in in advance of of a mission, that mm -hmm. stuff still needs to be maintained. Yeah. And so it needs to figure out that something is happening and needs to react to that in in some form or fashion. Okay. And uh, so that kind of functionality needs to be uh, built into those systems, into the vehicle or in, in, into you know whatever asset you have the, the habitat. Uh, ideally, you know, uh, that uh, can be done uh, through autonomy. Okay. And you talked about, like, using autonomous and kind of putting, like, values or judgments in that. That's basically what you are. You're, you're teaching the robot to fish. <laughs> and so it can kind of solve those problems on its own, but you have to determine in advance, all right, these are our priorities. If this, then do that. If this, do this. And got to figure all that stuff out in our own heads to then make that algorithm and to make this, to build the robot, to know what the priorities are. Right, right. You, you give the, the, the robot some uh, overarching goal and say, okay. hey, you know, uh, survive. <laughs> That's and, a good goal to have. And then the robot figures out, well, to survive, you know, I need to, to eat, say. Okay. If, if it were a robot that has to eat. Yes. And then the robot can decide um, how to get food. Um, and, uh, you know, it could go fishing, but, you know, maybe it, it's, uh, maybe it's going trapping or, yeah. you know, maybe it's, it's going farming or something like yes. that. Um, and that really depends on, on the environment and on the context and, and what's happening right now around it. And what we found is, is that if you, this is speaking more abstractly now. Yeah, okay. Um, if you are trying to uh, pre-compile every single decision, uh, then your system becomes super rigid and okay. will, will not yeah. react in, a, in an optimal fashion. Yeah, because you, you tell it to fish while it's standing in a field. Right. Yeah, and, and and so that that's 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 not the right thing to do. And if you allow the yeah. uh, the, the robot or the thing to to do the right thing, and it, it figures out that you know I, I shouldn't be fishing here. You know I, I need to go to the river. And uh, and I, I think that is sort of the essence of of, of autonomy is, is to uh, allow some freedom 
mm-hmm. of uh, doing the right thing, of, of self-government, if, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's, of course, very tricky to code to, up. <laughs> yeah, I was going right? to say. Um, but it also has a lot of promise in, in, in that it has uh, more chances to survive. So it's a lot more than just if this happens, then you need to do this and this scenario act this way. It's just like it's teaching it to think. It's te- well, we're teaching it to like kind of adapt and be more mobile or more agile than just giving it a list of rules to follow. It's letting exactly. it understand its flexibility you know, and take inputs and figure it out. Exactly. And there are a lot of challenges with that. Yeah. Right? So how, for example, do you prove that uh, this thing is, is going to be guaranteed to do to, to make the right decision. And so do you, do you do also a lot of work? I mean, we talked about autonomy and how it's really hot right now. Um, of course, autonomous cars, you think of autonomous, other autonomous vehicles or things. Are you doing a lot of work with that and kind of how that's all growing? I mean, both within NASA, but within motor vehicle world, <laughs> you know? Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, autonomous vehicles for us are, are rovers, right? Nice. Um, and, and, and yes, we, we are working with those. Um, the particular interest that, that, that I have is yeah. to uh, assess, uh, again, the, the health of the vehicle and what that means for autonomy. And okay. so the, the, the asset needs to make a determination of uh, how am I doing? How am I feeling today? Yeah. Right? Um, are my batteries charged? Right? Um, um, are my tires fully pumped up? Um, and, and all that, you know, so how far can I go? How fast can I go? Um, you know, can I make the really hard turns? And, uh, you know, what's the, uh, but the, the environment also plays a huge role, right? So yeah. uh, am I going to go over rough terrain or, or is, it, is, it, is it smooth? And, and, and so that all has to be factored in. And, uh, and, and then it has to factor in, um, are my motors in good shape? Right? Mm-hmm. Or are they worn down? You know, if they're worn, if that if the front right one is, is is worn a little bit more, does it mean I have to work the the left one a little harder? Because mm-hmm. right? uh, you know, the I don't want to have the imbalance. Yeah. yeah, and and so that is really important important aspect for for autonomy. And that's almost a callback to some of your earlier work of like airplanes and figuring out the health. Of the system. That's right. And now That's you're right. continuing with that. Was that on purpose? Has this just been a theme in your career? It just happens to be how, how it's turned out. Yeah, I don't think that, that autonomy <laughs> was uh, something that I set out to do. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that sort of came along um, and, and was an opportunity to get engaged with. Uh, autonomous aircraft, of course, are yeah. super hot too, right? So yeah. you have all those drones and, and, and all that, and and uh, and that's uh, where we, in fact, got engaged first with uh, with with those uh, prognostic algorithms. With with the rovers, we uh, we have been trying out uh, some of the decision-making algorithms. So those are really algorithms that take information about the health. And then figure out, you know, what am I going to do now, right? And and that is super exciting, yeah. Because you have a plethora of possible solutions. Wow. Right? Most of them are, are crappy, so so <laughs> yes. you don't want to do that. Right? You you have to find the best bad decision, <laughs> right? Well, then and then there are the so-so decisions, and then okay. there are the the good decisions. Okay. But the problem is there's more than one good decision. As as soon as you have more more than one objective, you you have possibly a large number of optimal solutions. Now you're still going to pick one. Yeah. But uh, on top of that, to generate all these uh, uh, possible solutions takes a, possibly a, a long time. And you may not have 
a long time. <laughs> um, so to, to speed up these algorithms and, and to come up with a solution very quickly is, is one of the research, research themes that, that we have been engaging in. Well, what's kind of the hot thing that you're working on now? What's the, is there, what's like, what, are you, what are you waking up in the morning? What's keeping you up at night? Like you're, you're showing up to work and you're like, I got to figure this thing out. What's yeah, I don't think there's just one thing. I, <laughs> nice. and, and that's the, that's the beauty of, of the work that we're doing here is, is that, um, and, and of, of engineering really is, is that uh, a lot of things come together. Um, you, you really have to keep moving the needle on a number of, of different technologies to, to make them come together in the end to, to really have a product that, yeah. uh, that, that really provides the, the, the biggest value. Cool. So they almost kind of build on each other and then probably opens up new possibilities and categories as you move along. That's right. That's right. So um, and being able to uh, reliably predict uh, when something is happening is a continuing uh, research theme for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, being able to deal with the uncertainty is uh, is, a, is a big topic, right? So, for example, if I make a prediction that something will be happening in three hours, mm -hmm. plus minus th three hours, <laughs> that that prediction isn't really worth much. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and so to to somehow be able to encapsulate the uncertainty properly and rigorously and 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 systematically and, and deal with that so so that you get a smaller uh, uncertainty window without just waving your hand yeah. is, is really important right? so for that you need to know what are your different uh, uncertainty sources right so okay. certainly uh, you get your sensor noise, right? So, yeah. Um, but but your your models that you're building to make all these these estimations and predictions, they're not really super accurate either. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and the model is made up of model structure and model parameters. Uh, then your current assessment is is uh, imprecise. Uh, then your understanding of what the what the future will bring is uh, you know there's there's a large amount of uncertainty. And to to really account for all of that in, uh, properly and, and to stack that up is is a, is a non-trivial task. Awesome! This is it's fascinating stuff, and it's like really like interesting to see the convergence of like the research and the engineering. It's like just figuring out how things work. So, um, so for anybody who's listening who has any more questions or anything for Kai, we're using the hashtag NASA and hashtag NASA Silicon Valley. And we're on Twitter at NASA Ames. This is awesome. Thanks for coming on over. Oh, well, thanks for having me.